0: You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend Richard Sweatman about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle.
1: Good morning, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again on another episode of Homegrown Faith.
0: Yes, Richard. It's been um it's a beautiful sunny morning actually, and so I was thinking, ah, oh, it's going to be a good day. Got to get lots done. You know when a sunny day just makes all the difference.
1: It does. It does. I had that same same experience going for yeah, a run this morning, thinking this this day has potential.
0: <laughs> now, yesterday I asked you how soccer went, and you said, "Hold off. I'll tell you on the podcast." So I'm oh. now very excited about how Andy's soccer went on the weekend.
1: That's true. Yes, uh, it uh, was very exciting, Joe. So as you, I'm sure you're all aware, it was a Three v four playoff, uh, the first of the finals, an elimination playoff. We were team four in the ladder, up against Cooks Hill team three, Yeah and uh, it was an intense game uh, played out at West Walls End. Uh, it was um, fought hard every every step. Um, at halftime, nil all, nobody had found a breakthrough. Oh no! At full time, it was still nil all, <gasps> nobody had found what? a breakthrough. There had been oh. saves off the line, desperation tackles, uh, everything happening players injured on the sideline um but uh so that meant some extra time was played like the okay. like you're, you're a soccer expert now joe yeah now i've played,
0: watched but... soccer yeah with no smallest frequency now <laughs> <laughs>
1: so i think it was 10 minutes each way uh with no break and so first period of extra time still no nil all Whoa. and then the second period of extra time still nil yeah. all
0: what, I know well
1: what time next. and the the ref was coming over to me and the other coach saying, "Now, if you got all your players on the field that you want, um, you know, there's no substitutions after this time." And the final whistle blew, and yes, Joe, it went to penalties. Now, what? Uh, so by this time, there'd been quite a crowd building around the game because the uh, other final had play been played on the field next to us. Their game had finished. All their players, many of them know our players, came over to watch the penalty shootout. Fortunately, I'd I'd done a bit of prep two weeks previously, so I had a rough idea of who the slightly better kick takers were and so gave them a bit of a, like, okay, this is the order it's going to be. There was one kid who didn't want to go, but I had said to him, sorry, mate, you're you're on. You're (laughs) on. You're doing (laughs) this. Coach has said, so he resigned himself to, uh, yep, being on the list. And uh, the rest were very good. They they told me where I could stand and when I had to go off and where the kids were standing. I didn't quite know, but um, they they got it all sorted. A coin was tossed, that sort of thing. Uh, and all oh. off the, they went. And um, our our first guy got it in, amazingly. Their, their guy got it in. Uh, Andy, look, just quietly between you and me, Joe, he did an excellent shot to the left of the goalkeeper but there was nice. a desperate save from the keeper. <gasps> he saved it just with his left hand stuck out. Wow. So tragic there. Back and forth, back and forth. We got up to the seventh kickers on both sides. No! <laughs> two, two misses each and um, four in so far. And then their guy missed and our guy, our central defender, you know, not not a particularly keen penalty kick taker, came up just calmly kicked it through and scored the goal. And Whoa! that was it. There was jubilation. People were running. The subs were running in from the sideline. People were swamped. Um, uh, yeah, there were tears. There was, yeah, Goodness It was gracious. a moment. Just pretty much just like the Matildas, you know.
0: <laughs> I was about to say it. It feels like I've just watched the Matildas again. Whoa. Was it just... Um, Oh my goodness! Was everyone just on a massive high? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I was,
1: I was um, relatively sort of calm. I was like, you know, is this what's happened? I think, I think we've just won the game. And like, <laughs> looks like training's on this week. Looks like another game on Saturday. <laughs> I was just thankful to get through. Uh, yes, without um, too much, too much dramas.
0: Yeah, you didn't rip your shirt off and run around just because no. you're so excited. <laughs> there was, I,
1: well, I did hug a few of the players, which I haven't done this <laughs> oh. season. So gave the goalie a roll, roll hug and. That sort of thing. So, wow. uh, yeah. So it's on. We're playing the loser of one v two this Saturday down at Toronto. A, another must-win game. So how exciting! That's uh, that's what's been going in the, in our world, Joe. So yeah.
0: Well, so I'm just go. so thankful for the timing of this that the World Cup has come before this match because now I can appreciate <laughs> it in a new way. Yes, um, yeah. Because I'm I'm now a soccer fan, of course. <laughs> and so
1: <laughs> that's right. So that yep, that's been going on for me. How about you, Joe? What's oh. uh, going on in your world?
0: Well, um, I have to tell you that I have completed my first ever escape room. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I, I've have heard you done one these? of these? Before? I've never never done one, but I've <gasps> seen them on I, TV. I heard about I suspect it. you would love it, Richard. I suspect <laughs> this. So I was with this group of fellow ministry workers and mm-hmm. we were treated to this escape room as part of a training course we were on. Oh, on, nice. Which is very generous. Yeah. <clears throat> so we rock up to this space and there's enough for two groups So we split into. And we're told, our group is told, we're in the hardest room that they have. Wow. And we thought, oh, wow, okay. And so you get given a, a rundown. This is the funny, the really funny part to the start, <laughs> where the lady, she's almost like a flight attendant, but mm-hmm. she gives a rundown on everything that you should not pull apart. Things like, don't pull apart the clock and it's batteries. There really isn't a clue in the clock. Just leave the clock. The clock tells you <laughs> how long you have to go. You only have an hour. If you pull the clock apart, that's your timer gone. It's yep. like, okay, right. Also- there's nothing under the floors. Don't pull out the foot. Don't rip off the walls. If you can use it, move it with three fingers, there's probably a clue. If you can't, it's probably not. And she went through and you would just, you would, mind will boggle at all the things she said were not yeah. clues. And I just imagine all these people ripping this room uh, apart.
1: poor people. Yeah. Oh not, gosh. Yeah, must have to do it.
0: <laughs> but once we got in there, so you had to like close your eyes and Congo line in and then keep your eyes closed, get the audio clue about the backstory. So it's called the Marlow Hotel. It's black and white, 1950s, gangsters. You can imagine it. Mm-hmm. And we get in there and it's so fun. Because <laughs> you're just literally hunting with your eyes and your fingers. And you're looking for things and there were there were clues in words. There were clues in patterns. There were clues in numbers. There were things hidden. There were mm-hmm. magnets. It was next level. And we finished with five minutes to spare. <laughs> That's so great.
1: I always imagine those things. There must be a careful balance between making it too easy and too hard. Like, how yes. do you get that um, that middle zone. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, now is the moment for honesty. We did at one point ask for a clue. I think, oh, really? Because because we were stumped, and yep. I we would never have made it. And in the post, of course, there is a post match debrief. You know, you mm-hmm. go out afterwards and you discuss it with the lady who's the host, and who's watching you the whole time and can give you clues at any point you ask. And so. Um, she offered to give us a clue at one point. I think she was pretty conscious at the time and thought, if they're not hurry up, they're not going to get through. So um, she gave us this clue, and afterwards we said, "Do people usually get that?" She said, "That's the hard one. That's the one that people need a clue on." Yeah, I don't yeah. want to even give it away because I'm so deeply committed to people doing escape rooms yeah, yeah, no, now. That, you know, there's a code. Keep but all the but mm. oh man, it was so it was so creative. I just thought about it. Imagine if your job was to create escape rooms. That would be so like so intricate and fun. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, I have decided that probably this is the spoiler for all my family listening that we might be buying escape room gift vouchers or something for Christmas. Oh, yeah, why not? I can imagine it would be a bonding time. Though one person I know did say that they did it with their family and it was a bit of a disaster. So. <laughs> <laughs> no one was listening to each other. But um yeah, it was super fun and I recommend.
1: Well, that is a big endorsement for escape rooms. Um, so, yeah, next time, next time the opportunity comes up, um, I'll I'll join in.
0: I'll yeah. be in. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do it with our staff team. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah,
1: but um, Bible time, Joe. I can't time. think of it. I can't think of any great segue to go from escape rooms to Bible time. <laughs> Speaking of, I can't either. Speaking of know, words full of meaning, how about
0: that? Oh nice Um, Yes I'm reading I was reading Psalm 38 this morning And it's a psalm of David And the title includes a petition And so I was thinking Okay a petition This is going to have some Crying out to God in it No Mm -hmm. doubt And um, Yeah the tone is obviously David's in A very repentant um, Posture And he's in pain And he's there's a phrase. He's troubled by his sin, and he's confessing his iniquity. He's conscious of enemies, and he finishes by crying out to God. Yeah. Um, and so his finishing paragraph uh, words are, "Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior." Mm. And um, I found this. Some um, uh, you know this, but others won't necessarily know. We, uh, I was talking at my staff meeting conference last week. I'm just wrestling with something myself at the moment and feeling a bit low about that and so this psalm actually really called an emotion forth in me usually I can read the Bible and not necessarily have strong emotion every time
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, but there was one particular sentence that really um, got me so it's verse 9 it says all my longings lie open before you Lord my sighing is not hidden from you I thought that's at the same time, uh, chastening in that I know my longings aren't perfect and comforting because, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad we have a God who knows us so intimately, I guess, and that, that he sees us and that he, you know, he's loved us in Jesus and shown us mercy. Yeah, the, the, all those ideas just came into my mind as I thought of the idea that our longings lie open before the Lord yeah. and our sighing. And I think the sighing is the... Grief, sadness, frustration—all those things together—is yeah. not hidden from God. And yeah, I'm thankful we have a God, a personal God like that.
1: Yeah, that is, um, yeah, so good to draw our attention to those beautiful verses in verse nine, mm-hmm. uh, well, verse nine particularly. Yeah, just um, that's the, yeah, looking at the doctrine of God's omniscience, His knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, behind that is um, His, his the, the doctrine of His um, goodness. His compassion, mm. so it's mm. not, uh, yeah, it's not a, a, a neutral observer or a hostile observer. Yeah, he's a good and compassionate observer mm. who uh, hears, yeah, hears our sighs, knows our thoughts, and mm. that's a reason for comfort. Yeah, David takes mm. comfort in that.
0: Yeah, so it's not a particularly comfortable psalm to read, but it is a good a good one. Yeah, um, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that today.
1: Well, that's right, and so often. Christians do take comfort in the Psalms and turn to the Psalms uh, in in difficult times. So, yeah, 38 yeah. is a good one to remember, I think, for anyone um, in wrestling with sin and hardship. Yeah. So it's a good go-to Psalm for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what about you, mate? What have you been reading?
1: Well, I've been reading a bit more in um, Biblical Critical Theory by Christopher Watkin. I think I shared uh, oh, yes. with you guys um, a bit earlier how I'm in this book. And, um, yeah, it's a long book, so I could be here for a while, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, enjoying it, why not? Why rush? I don't. Yeah, that's that's some. Now and now and again, I catch myself thinking, why am I rushing through this book? I should just enjoy the chapter. There's no there's no rush. Uh, And really, quite enjoyed the little section on prophecy, where he's got a few sections on prophecy. Uh, So uh, you might remember he what he does is kind of works through the unfolding story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, uh, Mm -hmm. and drawing ideas from it that. sort of critique our culture, the shine a light in our culture, um, to bring clarity where our culture is confused or contradictory. Mm. And um, a little section on uh, prophecy was great. Um, just the way he spoke about um, the prophets as just these almost like satirical figures that engage in history and just call things out. Uh, so he makes the point that they're not, um, they're not, there's no um, academies or schools to to develop your career as a prophet. Uh, there's no <laughs> lineage or genealogy. You know, you don't um, inherit the the role from someone. Um, you come in. The prophets come in. They don't have really any power, but they have great authority as speakers of God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just they call out things that they see are wrong in society, um, mm. particularly areas in which uh Israel is not following the covenant so he's got a phrase here the prophets are uh, they're not fortune tellers but they're covenant enforcement officers uh so <laughs> I like that description they they are saying pointing out what's going wrong um and he points out that the they're um, they're really speaking for God, not, not necessarily the marginalized or oppressed. They will bring those things mm-hmm. up, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. he says here, quote, The prophets do not speak on behalf of the oppressed. They speak on behalf of the God who secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, And I think uh, we're looking at the book of Jeremiah at the moment in church, and it was just great to see his, um, yeah, God's version of the, the critique of society, of culture, and that's mm. the the ministry of the prophet. So, yeah, it was good.
0: So, when he's talking about the prophes- the prophets being covenant protectors, mm. is he saying they they are like the law covenant, or more like the re- like the fuller sense of the covenant? Oh, when he yeah. says covenant, what does he mean?
1: I, th- I think both. Yeah, the the law, yeah. um, but also um, remembering the the commitments, the whole covenant relationship. Uh, of God and his people, of them committing to loyalty to God and him committing to their well-being and consequences for covenant breakage and so on. Um, So, uh, yeah, having that role.
0: um... So when I hear the phrase prophet, a fuller sense of that could be someone whose interest is to see, for the people to see God rightly as the covenant maker and keeper and us as the people in covenant with him kind of territory. Yeah,
1: yeah. And turn away from right. um, idolatry and, and sin yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, coming back to God. So yeah. uh, just uh, just loving that uh, that that lively sort of description. And yeah. uh, he's he's sort of pointing out how the whole thing in our culture where he, it's very normal for people to critique the culture, just come in mm. and say, hey, this is doing wrong and we're not doing this right and this should be done this way all those sort of speaking voices are kind of in some way modeled on the prophet um, that, that culture, that authority can be, can be critiqued. So, i
0: never thought about that before. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting.
1: Yeah. Who, who so, wrote this again? Uh, this is Christopher Watkin. Christopher Watkin. Uh, yes. So, um, no, but biblical critical theory. I've just mm-hmm. finished a section on the prophets and looking forward to um, looking into the incarnation. What he's got to say about that. <laughs> There'll be some big chapters there.
0: <laughs> that sounds really good. Oh, mate. It's I so good th- to talk about books, reading reading books, and, and I just don't know if I'd ever get to that book. I want to, but, yeah, it's nice to hear, just to talk about it together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's mm. totally fine. And I think mm. we are out of time, though, Joe. but um, mm. we it has been great talking soccer finals <laughs> and escape rooms, Psalm 38, and the role of prophets from biblical yes. critical theory. Yeah. Um, If you are listening to this podcast, we'd love to encourage you to pick up a book to read, have a little, yeah, read a few pages of a Christian book and see if you can talk about it with someone and share what you've been learning and what it's got you thinking about. That'd be great. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome. Well, I'll talk to you next week, mate.
1: Look forward to it. Okay, bye.